going on, everybody? This is Isaiah Stevens here, the point guard of the Colorado State Rams, and this is episode 80 of the Talking Grammar Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? As you just heard, this is episode 80 of the Talking Grammar Podcast. Our guest today, Colorado State All-America candidate and uh, fifth-year senior, just one of the best Mountain West players, certainly one of the best Mountain West guards to have ever come through this league in its 25 years, this being the 25th year of the Mountain West Conference. And uh, very appreciative for Isaiah Stevens to, uh, to come on the show on this episode, episode 70, I'm sorry, episode 80 of the Talking Grammar Podcast. Colorado State Rams, UNM Lobos, play on Wednesday night in the pit in their rematch. And uh, before we get into talking a little bit more about a little bit more about Isaiah and about that game and about the league race and all that kind of stuff that's going on right now, I want to make sure to give a big shout out to TLC Plumbing. Um, this episode and this podcast is presented by TLC Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. And um, can't say enough about how how happy I am, how appreciative I am that TLC Plumbing has stepped up and and started sponsoring this podcast, this episode, and others um, to help us bring these to you, help local journalism thrive uh, so we can continue to bring not only these podcasts, but all the other content we're bringing on a daily basis at the Albuquerque Journal and the Albuquerque Journal Podcast Network. So you can you can do your part as well. You can always subscribe. abqjournal.com slash subscribe is how you can help support local journalism by subscribing to our digital product, to our print product, or to both. And uh, that helps us uh, continue to cover things like global basketball, high school sports, you know, business world, politics, entertainment, all the stuff we're doing at the Albuquerque Journal. As for this, though, this is the Talking Grammar Podcast. I am the beat writer for the Albuquerque Journal for College Basketball and the UNM Lobos. And they are in the thick of, of a as heated a Mountain West conference race as I've ever seen. Uh, there are six teams still very much in the running for uh, the NCAA tournament in the, in the conference right now. As I look at the uh, the Mountain West conference standings right now, uh, this is Monday as I record this intro. As I look at it, uh, teams either have five or six games left in the regular season. And as I look at the standings right now, we're looking at seven teams that are within one and a half games of each other in the standings with only five or six games left in the season that's that's insanity uh right now the mount so the mountain west conference an 11 team league they get um five teams get a bye to the quarterfinal round of the mountain west conference tournament uh next month in march or next month in, in las vegas and teams that are seated six through 11 have to play in the first day of the tournament so if they want to win the conference tournament they got to win four games in four days uh if you get one of the top five seeds you only have to win three games in three days. So, it, you know, everybody's always, it's it's a coveted spot. You want to be a top five. A, a team outside of the top five has never, you know, made it. I don't think even made it to the championship game. But certainly a team outside of the top five has never won the uh, the Mountain West Conference tournament. So if you want that automatic berth to get in the NCAA tournament, you better get in that top five. As it stands right now in the standings, the two teams that would be kind of on the outside looking in and having to play on that first day are Nevada, a team that's in just about every bracket projection right now to the NCAA tournament. That team is tied with UNLV, and they're both 7-5, and five, and UNLV's been one of the hottest teams over the past month. The tournament, by the way, is played in their home gym at the Thomas and Mack Center, so it's going to be pretty interesting if that plays out. Um, just a you know one game behind them at 6-6 six and six is Wyoming, so... There is some. There's going to be some great basketball in that tournament. 
but we still have three more weeks to play of great regular season basketball, and that includes a week ago when we did this podcast. I talked with Steve Alford, the head coach in Nevada, and uh, that was uh, the day before the UNM Lobos were to play his Wolfpack in Reno, Nevada. Well, the Lobos, Jamal Masburn Jr., a couple big shots in the final 90 seconds of the game, uh, a couple big three-pointers lead them to a victory on the road. The Lobos get their big, much-needed road win, quad one road win, over a really high, highly rated Nevada team. So that was really good. Then they go to San Diego State on Friday, and they lose by 11. That is a, a game that obviously didn't look good because the Lobos weren't exactly in it um, much of the game. I I, I know they kind of cut it down a couple times to, to single digits, stuff like that. Maybe it looked like a run. Um, the reality is San Diego State just outplayed them. They, they were the better team, and... Um, I think Jaden Ledee looked like maybe a Mount West player of the year. I think Jalen House showed up, did his part. Everyone there was was there to boo him, and, and he still showed up. JT Toppin, though. Um, let, let's go to him. As I record this on Monday, JT Toppin wins his eighth Mountain West Conference Freshman of the Week award. And, and I kind of want to – something I wrote today in my weekly um, – Mountain West column on each Monday I write something about the league as a whole. Today it focused on both uh, JT Toppin and Dedon Thomas a little bit in in the lead in the primary item or in the first item of the of the column because those two freshmen have an opportunity to uh, kind of rare air in the Mountain West Conference to have two or multiple freshmen actually make all conference. I think both of them have a, a legitimate chance to make all league this year. Uh, Dedon Thomas probably has started to, to get into that conversation of working his way into a third team consideration. But here's what I want you to understand about JT Toppin and what he's doing. JT Toppin is working his way into consideration for first team all conference as a freshman. I think he's a second teamer right now. Um, especially when you consider kind of the established veteran names that you're thinking about on those top five, six, seven spots. Um, five guys make first team. But but listen to this. JT Toppin right now is averaging in scoring-wise in Mountain West play, 12.9 points per game. He is averaging a league-leading first place in the Mountain West, 10.08 rebounds per game. That is more rebounds than Gray Osabar from Utah State, than Jaden Ledee at San Diego State. He is offensive rebounding, 4.15, which is in Mountain West play, first in the league. His shooting percentage in league play, 57.9%, second in the Mountain West. His blocks per game, 2.23 Easily first in the Mountain West. His double-doubles, he has six of them in Mountain West play. Most in the league. He's not just kind of near the top in a bunch of these standings. He is the best big man, especially two-way big man, because he's doing it on defensive end too. He is the best big man statistically in the league in a lot of ways, other than maybe scoring. And on that front, Richard Pitino has said, we have got to get him the ball more. And the Lobos have tried unsuccessfully, frankly, um, but have tried to get him the ball and feed him the ball in the post a little bit more than they have. But um, right now, I think what uh, JT Toppin is doing is is really um, making a case, solidifying a case for all conference, first of all, maybe a, a solid case for second team, and really an outside case for JT Toppin as an 18-year-old freshman to make first team all Mountain West. There have been two guys in the history of the Mountain West Conference, this is being its 25th year, that have been first team all-conference as a freshman. Kawhi Leonard in 2010, Anthony Bennett in 2013. Both of those guys later became first-round draft picks in the NBA. Anthony Bennett, after his freshman year, was the first overall pick in the NBA draft. Kawhi Leonard waited another year after his sophomore year, became a first-round draft pick. 
Um, that's pretty rare error. Even if he makes second team, only four guys, including Andrew Bogut, who uh, later became a number one overall pick, um, only four guys have ever made second team as a freshman. So what JT Toppin is doing is pretty special. Um, Lobos are still very much right in the mix uh, for a regular season championship, but certainly for an NCAA tournament bid, not locked up. Uh, big game Wednesday against Colorado State, then they have a home game against Air Force. But uh, first things first, rematch with Colorado State Rams, the team they lost to start Mountain West play back on January 2nd. And uh, Isaiah Stevens is a big part of that. Fifth-year guard uh, for the Rams, All-America candidate. Just one of the, like I said, one of the best players that this league has ever had. And uh, a good guy, too. Just a good all-around guy. Hope you enjoyed this conversation I had with Colorado State Rams senior, fifth-year senior point guard, Isaiah Stevens. Isaiah, first of all, thanks for joining me. Um, I know it's a big week, but... You know, you could say that in any week this season with the Mountain West Conference. This is this is crazy, man. It's I've covered this league a while. You've been in this league a while. It, it's never been quite like this. You know, there's always some good teams, but I'm looking at these standings right now. I'm pulling up the – as I pull up the standings right now, there's six teams within two games between nine and four and seven and five, or, or seven teams rather, because UNLV is right there too. So it, it's – it's still anybody's race with five games left, four or five games for most teams. Um, it's anybody's race still to win the the league championship, but we also got NCAA tournament hopes for a lot of these teams too. Have you ever seen anything quite like this with the with the way the race is going, or do you try not to pay attention to all that stuff? Uh, I'll definitely say there's been some good years uh, since I've been in the league, especially uh, the past two, being able to get four teams in. I remember my freshman year of the league was also really good. Um, but not quite like this, though. Uh, like you just said, you got six, seven teams within one or two games of each other with only four or five games left, man. That's that's super impressive. So, yeah, it's still anybody's race right now, and it's super competitive each and every night. Does When a race is that tight, does it add any more pressure to each game, or, or does it add any more sort of um, regret to, to the missed opportunities? Even, you know, you're, you're allowed a, a missed opportunity or a bad night once or twice a season usually and it usually doesn't bite you quite like this if you're looking at seven teams within two games do you look back on any of the the games a little bit more this year or again do you try and focus just on the next game uh there's a few that definitely still hurt uh that you wish you had another crack at just because either you were in position to to pull out the win or you just felt like you could have played better that night uh I feel like that's just the competitive nature and probably a lot of players around the league uh but even then, you got to continue to move forward. Uh, you can't just dwell on what's already been done because uh, the team that you're getting ready to prepare for it has uh, no care in the world for what's already happened to you. So you got to be ready to go. Yeah, when more than half the league's still in the in the title race, yeah, you, there's a good chance you're not about to play somebody who's not also in the same same position. So it, it's crazy. Right. It's been fun. Um, your career obviously has been fun to cover too from afar. Obviously, I'm not in Fort Collins covering you every day, but. Um, it's been fun to cover, and uh, it's one of the best, obviously, statistically, success, all that kind of stuff, Mountain West careers um, in this, the 25th year of the Mountain West Conference. And, and you've you've racked up a, um, a lot of, of accolades. You're, you're on preseason – or not preseason, you're on late season watch list now, for player of the year, for point guard, stuff like that. Do you get caught up in, in you know, how many watch lists you're on? Can you even name some of the watch – all the watch lists you're on or – or do you try and try and not let that go to? The, it's it's hard not to, I know, but like, all oh, right, pay attention to it. 
uh, you definitely get tagged in a lot of things uh, on social media and stuff like that. So you definitely see it. And uh, Ryan, uh, who we were just talking about, does a great job of letting me know if I'm being awarded or something. Uh, just let me know that my hard work is being noticed, right? And I'm just blessed to be in this position that I am. Uh, I can't do it without my teammates. Obviously, I give it a lot of credit for what I do, but uh, it's not a one-man show over here in Fort Collins, and it never has been. So um, I'm definitely thankful, but at the same time, I try to just block out all the extra noise, uh, focus on winning, because uh, I feel like that's when everybody gets uh, everything that they're working so hard for is when uh, your team is having success. So uh, as of right now, man, I'm just focused on winning games. Uh, like we just talked about, the Mountain West is a bear right now, so uh, just trying to stay locked in on that. Blessed to be where you are. How did you get there, man? Let's let's go to the recruiting process. How, how did Nico get you there, and 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 how did you stay there? How are in this world where yeah. you could move? Um, you could move. You could between NIL and the transfer portal. Um, you you could be somewhere else now, even if you started, you know, wherever. So let's start with how how you got there. How did uh how did you land in Fort Collins, Colorado? Uh, so originally, uh, I met Ali Farugmanesh when he was an assistant at Drake. Uh, he had came down to watch one of my high school teammates that they were interested in. Um, and he was a really good player. He ended up going to the Navy. Uh, but that's kind of just where I met him. I guess I had a pretty good practice or open gym session. And we had a small little conversation after that. I was super excited. And then from there on, it kind of built, uh, it kind of started to build into a stronger relationship. And then, they made the move over to uh, Colorado State. Uh, started to get to know Coach Thorson, Coach J.R. Blount, um, and then Coach Medved kind of got in the picture as well as I continued to play throughout the summer. Um, they came and watched me one time in Atlanta, Georgia, and I remember I guess I played well enough to get offered after one of those games. Okay. Uh, and then from there on, we just continued to build that relationship, and Coach Nico has been awesome from day one. Uh, he's always been very transparent, uh, just always uh, cared about the player, uh, cared about the person as well, which a lot of coaches, uh, I don't believe, uh, can really say the same, uh, no matter what they tell you. So uh, his actions speak way louder than all his words have, and I'm just thankful for that. And, th and that speaks to why you're still there, right? Um, you're, I mean, there's one thing about getting there. You're, you're a high school kid. Um, you, you take the offers that come. You, you make your decision. But once you get there, you, you see – you kind of alluded to it. Um, some coaches may may talk a certain game, but when you get there, you realize it might be a little different. Um, you're still there because I guess they, you know, there were promises kept and, and they did what they said they were going to do. What else kept you there? What else about Colorado State and, and just that basketball program and some of the teammates through the years uh, decided made you decide to, to stick around and, and be there when when you could probably be at a, a really high profile program? Right. Uh, I think it. It's exactly what you said. It comes down to the relationships. Uh, some of the teammates that I've had over the years, I still talk to to this day, and I haven't played with them in two and three years now. Um, the coaches have come and gone in different waves, but they still keep up with me. I still keep up with them and their families. Uh, and I just feel like there's just certain things you can't necessarily put a price tag on. And that's just for me, uh, as Isaiah Stevens, and those relationships matter. Uh, another thing is player development. Uh, they're in the gym with us all the time, man, and they want to get in the gym. They're pushing you to continue to work on your games and watch extra film and get sleep and take care of your bodies and ask them about anything, uh, whether it's basketball-related or not. And I just feel like that's special uh, whenever you're able to embody that all in one place. And I didn't really 
feel the need to have to go and uh, seek that out anywhere else for one year. I felt like I had already built up uh, enough equity uh, with the program and just uh, being able to be comfortable in my skin uh, from my last year, uh, regardless of where I was at. But uh, yeah, man, it just really worked out for me. And I'm just thankful that all these coaches just were able to take a chance on me, man, because they could have picked anybody. I'm going to ask you about three guys through the years, too, that you've now either played with or coached with. I'm going to start with with Roddy just because he's the biggest name. Um, you guys came in together. I I think you guys are still close. Um, don't know for sure, but I assume you guys talk and stuff like that. But you guys yeah. came in together. What was it like playing with David Roddy, and, and uh, do, you, do you guys still talk? <laughs> yeah, man, we still talk. It's actually funny. We were talking actually last night just about some basketball stuff, but uh, – yeah, man, nah, that's my guy. Uh, lived with him from day one. Uh, we were roommates in the dorms, lived together off campus. Uh, our families have intertwined so tightly. Uh, I've been up to Minnesota. He's come down to Dallas in the summer. Uh, yeah, man, that's my guy. He made the game so easy. Just talented, like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, uh, freak of nature, athletically skilled, hand-eye coordination, could shoot the three ball by the time he left. Like, man, and he just cared. One of the most competitive people you'll ever meet. Uh, and he just put winning above all else, man. He played his heart out. Uh, but, yeah, man, he made the game super easy for me. Well, I was going to say, uh, let me – two follow-ups there. There's one on the court, and and that's him making the game easy for you. You obviously, as a point guard, make the game easy for those around you. How much of each other's success do you think you guys had on each other? I mean, how much of your success – you know, early on when he was there um, is based on the fact that you had somebody like that on the court um, that, that could help you out and make you look good by finishing up some, uh, <laughs> some nice passes. And how much sure. that's, I mean, the guy's playing in the league right now, how much of his success um, do you think maybe having a good point guard that he could trust and, and help him develop uh, was. A yeah, man. Uh, I think it's definitely uh, intertwined with one another. Uh, our success has, helped raise each other's level of play and notoriety. Um, I think the best thing about him was that he, one, caught everything. So it didn't matter if my passes were good, bad, too high, too low. He caught everything. So part of that as a point guard builds up the trust factor of it, no matter where he's at or what he's doing. uh, I know that he's going to be in the right spot to make a play for me. And then I think there was also some trust on uh, the other end of that. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to win. And so he knows that he's walking out there with a guy uh, that's just as competitive, uh, wants to win just as bad, uh, and also understands the game that's going on in front of him. Uh, So he can have confidence in that, that we're walking out there together uh, with the rest of our group and and we're going for war. So uh, I think that was probably the coolest part about being a teammate with him. All right. That's the teammate part. You said you're a roommate too. How good of a roommate is (laughs) it? Nah, he's a great roommate. All he's right. a great roommate. He's, he's clean. Uh, he's organized. Uh, he cleans up after himself, man. He's a funny dude. Uh, he loves to cook. He cooked all the time. Uh, it didn't matter really what it was, breakfast, lunch, dinner. He was putting something on the stove. So, yeah, he was a big-time chef. So he, he liked doing it, but could he do it okay? Could he cook too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. He learned it from his mama for sure. His mom was a, was a really good cook. Uh, she comes up. Uh, every so often, and she would make a meal for the whole house, and yeah, that was that was nice. All right, uh, Lobos, uh, some fans, and, and certainly the program is getting to know a little bit Aaron Katsuma, and uh, I'm curious what what you know and what you can get. <laughs> AK, what uh, what do we need yeah. to know? We haven't learned yet about AK. AK, great guy, 
love that dude, man. Another very competitive individual, but somebody that I met during my recruiting process and he just genuinely cared about me. And like, I can feel that, especially start to build over time, man. And um, I think the one thing about AK is uh, he's going to talk all the time, whether it's he's going to talk trash, he's going to uplift you. It doesn't matter, but he's going to be so vocal and express his opinions about everything, man. He's just a fun loving dude. Uh, he's competitive as well. Uh, like I said, so yeah, man, I love AK. I wish him nothing but the best. So I know you're going to see him pregame, and you already did at the the game in Fort Collins. So um, you see him in the pit this week, later this week, pregame. He's going to walk up to you guys, give each other a little hug or something like that. But what, what's he going to say in your ear? Is it going to be good luck, or is it going to be something that uh, we shouldn't say on a podcast? Uh, it might be a little bit of both, and I'll tell you. But <laughs> most time, and I'm messing a little bit, but most times with AK, man, he's nothing below. So uh, I'll probably say something to him first before I even <laughs> let it get to be. So yeah. <laughs> All right, there's another Lobo connection on that team right now that uh, a lot of people here know and, and like a lot. Um, hasn't got the playing time that a lot of Lobo fans thought he would get this year, but I'm sure some CSU fans and, and stuff too thought he might get a little more playing time. But what's it been like getting to know as a teammate Javante Johnson? Man, love this dude. Great teammate. Like, uh, when it comes to being a person, uh, I don't know if we have a better one on the team. Uh, and he's handled the situation – with so much, like, just so much poise, uh, so much uh, just willing to come in and not let that affect his attitude and, and not willing to come in, work hard each room, and every right? day. I mean, yeah, great locker room guy, man. Like, um, if you knew nothing about his past or anything, you would just think that he's just playing his role, doing um, what the team is asking him, and he has to a T. And I know it's not been easy on him, uh, especially coming from uh, – New Mexico, where he had a bigger role, and man, he works his tail off each and every day. Um, and I and I feel like it still has opportunity to flip for him. And I know it hasn't necessarily worked out just yet, but as far as a teammate and showing up every day and working on his game uh, and still being a bright spot in people's days, man, he, he's doing that with the best of them. You got you know a home stretch coming up for yourself a little bit where, uh, you know, five, six more games, however many it is, uh, I guess five regular season, then Mountain West Tournament, NCAA Tournament is is the hope. You uh, taking any time yet to think about, you know, what some of the more fond memories of, of playing at CSU and playing in this league are, or is that something that you your, your mind just can't get to until until it's time, until it is over? Have you already thought about some of that? Uh, Definitely haven't took enough time to reflect on it at all. Uh. But it is funny, I, I did get asked before this last game we just had about some of my favorite moments in, memory, uh, in Moby over my time here so far. So there was a few games that really stood out uh, that, that I started to recall. And I think the first one was my freshman year. I hit a game winner against Nevada at the buzzer. Uh, and that was like my first ever experience of a court storming. Uh, so I didn't even know what to do, how to do it. You just kind of run around screaming and... Uh, that Nevada team that year was really good, too. So uh, that was a cool moment. And then the orange out a few years ago uh, when David Roddy hit the game winner against San Diego State. Uh, that one was really special because I remember I was coming down with the ball and lost it. Thought it was a turnover. Thought we <laughs> completely lost the game. And then it just bounces straight to him. and He shoots it, makes it. And another course storm. And I was impressive because I think to that point we had and it's not that we beat them a whole lot now, but at the time we were also really struggling to find wins against San Diego State. So uh, that that was a big time program builder for us. And uh, the last one was this year against Colorado. 
I think it was super special uh, being able to get that rivalry back on and uh, with a win against those guys, especially how much it means to the community. It was, it was awesome. So some some uh, court storms. Were you any better at that second court storm than you were at the first? Kind of have I definitely nice- said I was. Yeah, man, absolutely. Um, we had another court storm, man. Oh, man. It was a, a couple of my junior year, uh, the year we went to the tournament. Uh, there was a handful. And I think by the, by the last one, we had one on senior night uh, against Boise, uh, which they ended up winning the league that year. But we had beat them at home for the last home game. And, yeah, it was a whole lot better by that time. Um, this league or, or not, the memories of, of this league in terms of opposing venues, opposing teams, and opposing student sections, um, do you have any – are they fond um, memories of places or student sections like the herd and the show um, venues like the pit? Do you, do you have any of the, of those that are outside of Moby? Uh, yeah, I think those ones that you just named are the top three in my book. Uh, the pit for sure. Uh, just so many people, just the way it's structured, it gets super loud in there. Uh, and it's a whole lot of people that actually care about the game that's going on. Uh, which you don't find in every arena. I think that's special. Uh, then you start talking about the spectrum, man. It gets super loud in there. Those those are some wild fans up there too. Uh, they know some weird stuff sometimes. The, the yeah, fans, they uh, they do some research. Yeah, man, they, yeah, they do some research. They got the little scout reports on you. Uh, they put on like these rubber gloves, these rubber doctor gloves to make their claps louder. All different kind of weird stuff, man. But hey, it works for them and. uh Viejas, I think, is also right there at the top. Uh, it almost just gives you like an NBA feel uh, with the way that it's structured, uh, the way that they kind of go about their pregame stuff and the light shows and all that. So pretty, pretty cool environments, man. And uh, I think one thing for us at Colorado State that's a little different is when we go up to Wyoming, it's almost always a sellout. So most yeah. teams don't really get to experience that. Uh, but for me, man, especially um, over these last three years, every time we've gone up there, it's been close to a sellout, if not a sellout. So uh, the arena auditorium, even though I hate the colors, man, they they can get pretty rowdy too. Are you allowed to to like colors uh, of Wyoming if you go to CSU? Or is that from day one they tell you you can't like these colors anymore? No, nah, and I think even if I wasn't at CSU, I don't think the colors really fit me anyway. So I think it all worked out for the best, man. <laughs> Um, let's talk about a couple of players you've, you've faced through the years. Um, there, there've been some good players through the years, guys in the league right now, some guards, uh, any, any players, I guess this year or through the years that, that you're going to remember going against and, and maybe they were, they were the talkers, maybe they were the silent type, but they, they maybe played really well against you or anybody like that. Uh, the first one that comes to mind right away was two right away. My freshman year against Malachi Flynn and Sam Merrill. Uh, two dudes that didn't say a whole lot to the opposing team, but they were big-time vocal leaders on their respective teams. Uh, so those are some things that I picked up on as a freshman. Uh, both of them still playing uh, in the NBA or Sam Merrill's flirting uh, on two ways and different stuff like that. But, hey, man, that's still super impressive. And those two right there, man, could fill it up with the best of them. Uh, felt like you could never speed them up. They were always in control of what they wanted to do, and they made shots, man. If you look at their numbers their last year's, years, yeah. it, it was incredible. Uh, big uh, big Nemus Kata comes to mind. Yeah, uh, One of the best rim protectors I've ever gone against, man. Just super solid, disciplined. But his arms reached all the way down to the bottom of his leg. So 
um, yeah, those are you're not getting shots on that come to mind. Yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. Um, and then probably the last one uh, that was just always on a heater against us. It felt like was Bryce Hamilton. Yeah. That man could score it, man. And we talk about him still about uh might have been yeah, about two years ago, man. He came into Moby and put almost right. 50 on us. So I forgot about uh, that. Yeah, man. And then we played him again at their place and he goes for like 25. And it's like, all right, well, at least he had to get 50, but it's yeah. still 25, man. Is <laughs> doing something. Yeah. Um, you guys have a, a bit of well, but before I get to this before we wrap up with this last one. You guys are um I did ask about Nico getting you there and the other assistants getting you there and Ali being a part of that and all that. Um I'm curious about one question about Nico. Is is he as funny as he as he thinks he is? Like I, I know he sometimes tries to make little jokes and, and this and that. Like, how funny <laughs> is he actually? Man, I think it's the fact that he's so comfortable in his skin and who he is. It doesn't matter what we think about his jokes. Like they're they're on the way. So you might as well just be ready for it. But Nah, man. Every now and then he has a. Every now and then he has some good ones for yeah. sure. I'm not gonna say all of them are hits at <laughs> all, but nah, man. He he throws a couple in there that that'll get you moving. So yeah. So he's pretty he's funny guy of the assist and the turnover a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think if you don't have a little bit of both, I, I don't know, man. Not everybody's batting a thousand. Hey, do you like uh? Do you like a really good assist as much as you hate a really bad turnover? Absolutely. Ah, uh, yeah. I'll, yeah. Let's keep it positive. I'll absolutely much <laughs> rather have a big time assist. Uh, but, but a bad turnover will, will really get me going. And uh, I remember I had one this last game, uh, literally just careless, uh, yeah. going to flip the ball over to Neat Clifford. And uh, I thought he was about to do something else, but he was coming for the handoff. Then I tried to flip the ball over and just literally ended up traveling and throwing it out of bounds. And yeah, those those ones really get me. And I was I was pretty hot about that one. That's totally a, my fault too, by the way. It, it was on nobody else, but yeah, just careless. And yeah, those ones get me. That's a point guard answer right there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to wrap up with this. Uh, you guys have a, a tradition um, where at road games, you guys go do the candy, right? Um, I know yeah. it's Wednesday night, there's going to be, you know, around 15,000 Lobo fans hoping you don't stop at a gas station on the way out of town because if, <laughs> if you do, it means you guys um, you guys got the win and you guys go get your candy. How did that start? Um, before we get to the go-tos on, on what candy you get, how did that start and what do you think about little traditions like that? Man, so I'm trying to remember exactly how it started, but I can kind of remember, like, the time frame. It was a few years ago. Um we were just putting a lot of emphasis on uh, getting road wins and going into other people's home territories and finding a way to get it done and traveling with defense and composure, uh, toughness and all those different things. And then uh, there was a stretch uh, where we weren't leaving right after games. So we would leave the next morning. And I think uh, that would kind of lead to us making a stop. I want to say that's how I remember it. I could be a little off with that, but uh yeah, so my go-to snacks, kind of switch it up every now and then. Uh, love a good Reese's. I'm a big-time, like, gummy candy guy. So, uh, like, Lifesavers and, and gummy worms, gummy bears, stuff like that. So I try to uh, mix it up through there, and then I always try to get, a like, a salty snack, too. 
what about you look around um your teammates there's got to be somebody that does something weird like some weird flavored like beef jerky or like somebody grabs uh, a pickle or something like what's uh who's the guy on the team there or coaching staff that like you're like why do you get that every time man man <laughs> the first guy is uh brian cooley man coach cooley uh one of our assistants he's I don't know. He's a little out there with his selections. He's the type to to buy like a protein bar and a and like a banana or something off the shelf. Like it's it's crazy. Or he'll get uh, like a, I, yeah, that's like his treat. I don't know. He'll get like an apple and a gallon of water or something. Him and him and Coach Gentry, uh, which is one of our GAs, they're kind of on that same wavelength that way. So you yeah. say he'll get an apple and a gallon of water <laughs> <laughs> for sure, uh, man. Something so along them lines. A lot of uh, like gummy, those gummy nerds things, right? Those clusters and stuff like that. I've yeah. seen those. I know I've seen when you guys post those. Sometimes I zoom in to see what everybody gets, and, and I think there's <laughs> a lot of people that do that, man. That, that zoom in, yeah, see what everyone gets. Um, so, yeah. all right, man. Well, I know there's a lot of Lobo fans that are, that are hoping you don't get any candy on Wednesday night. I know you guys obviously <laughs> do. So, um, it's gonna be a good one on Wednesday, but but they're all good this year. It's been been a fun season man and it's been fun covering you too i know again from afar but it's been a good career what's what's next for you man uh, obviously playing at a at a high level somewhere um nba is the goal right yeah nba is the goal has been since i was a young kid uh i'm still pursuing that um that's yeah there's really not even much more to that i'm, I'm still pursuing that but uh we got a lot of games left hopefully uh to go in this season uh, and I'm just trying to embrace this moment uh, with this team, with this group, and try to take it to the wheels fall off. So super excited uh, for Wednesday. Like you said, it'll be a good game, and so is every other game in the Mountain West this year. So, yeah, man, I'm excited. This tournament in March in, uh, in the Thomas and Max is going to be crazy too, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can't wait for it. Appreciate you for doing this. Uh, good luck the rest of the season. Good luck uh, uh, beyond the season as well. So, man, appreciate you for uh, coming on the podcast. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. All right. Well, there you go. There's my conversation with Isaiah Stevens of Colorado State. Uh, the fifth-year point guard, one of, as I've said earlier, just one of the best careers in Mountain West basketball history is uh, kind of winding down a little bit. Five more regular season games, a Mountain West tournament. I do think an NCAA tournament is uh, in the cards for the Colorado State Rams. Uh, I think it is for the New Mexico Lobos as well. Uh, both of them are, are obviously in, in need, not in need, but um, certainly in want uh, very much uh, of winning Wednesday's game. It's going to be a big one. Rams got the first one on January 1st in Fort Collins. Isaiah Stevens had a big game, and uh, they beat the Lobos. This rematch is one that I think both teams really um, want, but don't necessarily need. I do think both teams will be in the NCAA tournament, but the Lobos, should they lose this and lose a, another, a third game now in the pit, uh, would, would raise some eyebrows on that NCAA selection committee. So they did what they are supposed to do last week. They, they checked the box and got a big road win at Nevada. And uh, I, I think both teams are in. I think the Lobos probably need this one on Wednesday with the Rams a little more than the Rams need it. Um, but like I said, I think both teams are in the tournament. I think they're both playing really well. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, man. This whole league is just crazy right now. Seven teams in, within a game and a half in the standings for a league championship right now. The conference tournament is going to be fantastic in March in the Thomas and Mack Center. And Isaiah Stevens, uh, you know, his swan song is before he 
calls it a career in college basketball. You know, we'll we'll kind of see what he does on his way out. And um, glad he glad he took the time and, and accepted uh, the invitation to come on my podcast. This was episode eighty of the Talking Grammar podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you enjoy all these conversations. This one again, this Talking Grammar podcast episode brought to you by TLC Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, Electrical. Very grateful for TLC for uh, for rep- or for presenting this episode of the Talking Grammar podcast and for helping us bring you some of this coverage. Again, I'll do one more plug. abqjournal.com slash um, subscribe is where you can get, you can help local journalism. You can subscribe to our digital product. You can subscribe to our print product. You can subscribe to both. And uh, it helps us continue to bring you this coverage, both in Albuquerque and on the road of Lobo basketball, uh, high school sports, entertainment news, political news, business news, all the stuff you need to know about Albuquerque. Um, it helps. Subscribe to local journalism. It's important. And uh, there you go. There's my plug. Uh, let me know what you think about these podcasts. You can reach me on email, ggrammar at abqjournal.com. You can get me on X on social media, at Jeff Grammar, and I'm there all the time. Let me know what you think of this conversation with Isaiah Stevens. Let me know what you think about all these podcasts. And until next time, thanks for listening.